This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. And a guten Erev Shabbos. I'm Mashi Lipsker. This is Chai FM, and I'm delighted to be with you on this unique and special Erev Shabbos. It's the Friday before in Shul. They will read, we will hear, we will listen, we will connect with the ten Dibrot, Aseres Hadibrois, the ten sayings, the ten spoken words with which Hashem, God, communicated His will for creation, His desire to be carried out in a particular way in order for all of creation to have validity. We live in a world where we don't see godliness. It's such a physical world, a world of stones, earth, water, minerals, vegetation, wonderful trees, wonderful landscapes, the mountains, the valleys, the sun, the moon, sunrise, sunset, planets, animals, and then there's man. Man who's known as the Khir Hanivraim, the chosen, the choice of all creations. Man who's known as Midaber, the communicator. Man that is different to all of creation. Yes, there are aspects in us that we find in the rest of creation. There are animalistic tendencies. There's the idea of growth, of roots, of branches. There's the idea of hidden treasures buried deep in the earth that need to be extracted and refined. Nevertheless, man is a composite, not only of all these, but man possesses a godly soul. And he has a purpose in which he can make choices. Nothing else in creation can make choices. No animal, no matter how sophisticated, no fish, no tree, no diamond. They live according to the way God made them, according to their nature. They are what they are. They are there and ready for man to use them, to refine them when they are used for a higher purpose. Everything in creation was prepared before man was created so that he would find everything ready in order to use everything that comes his way to make this world a dwelling home for the infinite creator. It's an incredible partnership. It began at creation. It peaked two and a half thousand years later at Sinai. But Sinai also launched the next phase of the journey. And that journey is an arduous, 
long winding road which is bringing us toward the era of the Mashiach, the era at which the culmination of purpose for all of creation will be realized. And man needs to define his purpose in order to carry out God's will on earth. We need to define our purpose on earth on a regular basis, but there are high points, like the parsha this week, which speaks about revelation that never was before and never has been since. Revelation that affected every aspect of creation. Nothing was untouched. Everything was affected initially, temporarily, but the effect remained, though in a hidden way. We're going to discuss it a little bit more after this short break. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. I'm Mashi Lipsker, a good nerve of Shabbos, of the Shabbos in which we will read the Aseris Hadibrois in Shul. Calling them the Ten Commandments isn't really a good translation. Because then it would be Aseris Hatsivuyim, the Ten Commands. Instead, these are Ten Communications that the Almighty, the Creator, communicated with the Jewish nation on behalf of all mankind. Ten Communications that would shape, define, direct our journey toward our destiny which is intimately, intricately linked to the destiny of all of creation. God created the world for a purpose. The Medrash tells us God desired a dwelling place in this nether world. He passionately desired it. What does that mean? We often think of physical and spiritual as two separate things. They are and they aren't. They are because they manifest differently. They call us in different ways. They appeal to different aspects of ourselves. And we have more than one self. There's the mind, there's the heart, there's the body, and there's the spirit. Nevertheless, before God created the world, there was only Him, only Hashem. And all that we see around us all that we experience is a manifestation of the Creator Himself. He's never absent. There's no place, no situation that is absent of His presence. He's in the darkest places. He's in the brightest places. He's in places of joy and even more so in places of heartbreak, of pain. Hashem, through something called Hashgacha Pratit, individual, detailed, Pratit, detailed divine providence, is directing our lives. Everything that we encounter, everyone we encounter, everything that happens, is directly, intimately, in detail, being brought to us 
by the Creator Himself. He supervises, He directs, He's involved. And if that is so, what should our response be? Ideally, our response to every single situation needs to be an awareness that here is something that has been brought to us for a purpose. It's a gift. Whether it's wrapped in gift wrap or, God forbid, wrapped in oily rags, we need to take it. We need to unwrap it. We need to fully use the experience, the event, the actual physical thing. Whether it be the clothing we wear, the food we eat, our interactions, our business dealings, our interpersonal relationships, each and every one of these things has been tailor-made by the Creator, brought to us. He brings us to the place we're in, seats us next to the person we're seated next to, and says to us, here is a golden opportunity to refine the world and take it a step closer to being a revealed palace, garden of pleasure, beautiful place for God to come and dwell openly in a revealed way with the coming of the Mashiach. The good news is that when we follow this type of thinking and when we act, we do According to this type of perspective, we immediately and for the long term and our children and their children benefit, not only by our example, but when we behave in a way that is light, that is kindness, our souls become alive. We begin to feel, we begin to sense This is my purpose. I'm in touch with, I'm in tune with what I'm here for. It's like eating healthy food that energizes the body. This is eating, partaking of, imbibing, ingesting healthy spiritual behavior, healthy menschlich behavior, healthy, nurturing behavior, not only for the soul and the spirit, but for our entire being. Everything in life is not only important, but God created and God directed. So that when God appeared to give the Torah to the people, it was a particular crossroads in history. We are taught that until that time, God had made a decree that things physical could not ascend and things spiritual could not descend. Anything spiritual could not become part of the physical. It could visit, but it would have to go. It couldn't benefit from the physical, as it were, in a permanent way. Things physical couldn't change their nature. A stick remained a stick. A tree remained a a tree. Physical, the heavenly realms, were totally separate from the lower realms. 
And Hashem said the time has come, 2,448 years after creation, when I'm going to break the barrier. I'm going to change the rule. It is time for the spiritual nature in the physical to be revealed. It is time for spiritual and physical to interact. It is time for the actions of man to clearly change the world and make a difference. The difference being that physical objects could now absorb holiness and remain holy. And everything that was created in the six days of creation rejoiced at the giving of the Torah. They danced. When the Jews left Egypt, the mountains were dancing. Everything was dancing. They knew. They anticipated that the greatest revelation, the greatest change in history was about to happen. And so it happened. God came down on the mountain. Infinite beyond infinite spirituality, descended on physical earth. And what happened at that point? Our rabbis tell us no bird chirped, no cow mooed, the river stopped flowing, even the angels stopped singing, everything in nature froze, because they were overwhelmed with the presence of God. It was too much spirituality and light for them to continue to function in their limited way. And instead, they could not move. And while Hashem was on the mountain and he uttered the ten teachings, the ten utterances, the ten dibrot, the ten what we call commandments, everything absolutely was still. It was overwhelmed by the majestic presence, revelation of God. The mountain billowed with smoke. There was fire. There was sounds, thunder, lightning. All of creation suddenly changed. And after God's presence withdrew, everything returned to normal. What happened when Hashem was on the mountain was that nature suspended its nature. The God-given natural tendencies of everything recognized the Creator. They recognized that they are only there by the Word of God. And the king approached, and in a sense, they all bowed down. But they couldn't function. When God withdrew, they continued to function, but they would never be the same. The impact of what had happened at Sinai reverberates to this day. There's a refinement in the world after Sinai that empowers us now to work at bringing out the innate holiness in each one of God's creations. Every created thing, every created being was softened, was changed. And with each one 
of the Ten Commandments, God spoke very, very mundane things. I'm the Lord your God who took you out of Egypt. At Sinai, we want to speak about Egypt. But the word Egypt means limitations. Please know, he said, that if you follow me, you will not remain restrained by the laws of nature, your tendencies, your inclinations. You'll be able to tap into a much higher ability, your latent talents, your latent spiritual fountain. I am the Lord your God who took you out of limitations. Have no other God besides me. Don't subjugate subjugate yourself to anything limited. Attach yourself to me and you'll be unlimited. Things like honor your parents, keep the Shabbos, don't kill, don't steal, steal, oh boy, steal, don't covet. Where do we find God? God revealed himself at Sinai and then he gave us the secret. You will find God in the everyday mundane behavior that is not really so mundane. Remember the story of the would-be convert who came to Rabbi Hillel, and he said, teach me the entire Torah while I stand on one leg. And Rabbi Hillel said to him, what is hateful unto you, do not do to your fellow. The rest is commentary. Go and study. What was he saying to him? The entire Torah is based on looking at yourself and relating to others. From yourself, you can perceive godliness. From who you truly are. The way God made you. But go and study. We can become very, very subjective. We can become very, very limited. We've got to study. We have to have authentic Torah study to illuminate, clarify, and to make our ideas connected to God's ideas. It's a glorious journey. It's a journey that never ends. It's a journey of privilege. It's a journey of service. And it's something that each and every one of us is not only blessed to do, but blessed to do in these times. Why do we say that? When we look at the generation since Abraham, from the birth of Abraham until the giving of the Torah, 1,000 years passed. What happened during that thousand years? A tremendous amount of work. To take Abraham's work of preaching ethical monotheism and to bring it into the world. To live it, to share it, to teach it. Abraham, until Moshe, who brought the Torah down from Sinai, is seven generations. Abraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And then you have Jacob's son, Levi, his son, Kehos, his son, Amram, and finally, Amram's son, Moshe. What is it about the number seven that's so special? The number seven, our sages tell us, 
all sevenths are beloved. Kol hashviin chavivin. And it's not because you chose to be a seventh. You just happened to be a seventh. You were born to be a seventh. Moshe was great. But Hashem says to him, do not think you can stand in the place of the greats, meaning Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. They broke ground. You can be a seventh. But you can't be a seventh unless there was a six, five, four, three, two, and one before you. We build on what went before us. And because of everything that happened, one might not have seen the shift. But then, suddenly, the culmination of all those deeds, of all those years, of all those people, culminated in Revelation at Sinai. They were links. They were links in a golden chain that suddenly revealed itself at Sinai with God's presence. And what did we receive at Sinai? Something called Torah, Horah, guidance, teaching, the wisdom of God, a Torah of light, a Torah of life, a Torah of truth. And we're told that when God was going to give the Torah to the people, the angels protested. They said to Hashem, this Hamudah Gnuzah, this beloved, precious treasure that you've hidden away for so many years, you're going to give it to human beings? And Hashem instructed Moshe to answer them. Because when Moshe ascended the mountain at Hashem's invitation, after revelation at Sinai, Hashem called him up and he stayed with Hashem for 40 days and 40 nights. And Hashem himself was his teacher. And when he came, the angel said, what's this human being doing amongst us? And Hashem said, he's come to get the Torah. And they said, what? Your precious daughter, your beloved, that you've kept protected and hidden away for all these years, you're going to give it to human beings? And Moshe was asked to answer them. And Moshe said to them, do you know what's written in the Torah? In the Torah it says, I'm the Lord your God who took you out of Egypt. Tell me, said Moshe to the angels, Have you ever been enslaved in Egypt? What else does it say? It says, honor your parents. Tell me, asked Moshe of the angels, you have parents? The Torah has been tailor-made for us. Yes, it's God's will and wisdom, the Torah of truth, of light, of life. But this Torah has been tailor-made by Hashem himself, infinite, eternal creator for us. He designed us. He designed this world. He created nature. In fact, the word hateva, the nature, has the same numerical value as ha-elokim. Elokim. Elokim is 86. Hateva is 86. 
because essentially nature is really God, but hidden, hidden so that we can reveal him in every challenge, in every seeming dark place. Indeed, it's an incredible, incredible partnership, the things he brings us and how we need to react, and an incredible privilege. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. A good nerve Shabbos on Mashi Lipsker. And please, God, we'll be lighting Shabbos candles tonight at 6.15. And Shabbos goes out tomorrow at 36 minutes past 7. And in Shul tomorrow, we will hear the reading of the Ten Commandments. A story of earth-shattering, revelation, and change of direction for all of creation. But what was the preparation? Why did God decide to bestow his precious Torah to human beings? It's an amazing, amazing Pasuk passage, chapter 19, the first Pasuk, that says that the Jews arrived in the desert of Sinai on the first day of the third month and encamped opposite the mountain. The word encamped in Hebrew could be in singular or plural, and there were almost three million of them. Nevertheless, the Torah, which is so exact in choice of words and presentation of even one dot or one letter, chooses to say, and Israel encamped there in the singular toward the mountain, opposite the mountain. And our sages point out that they encamped like one man with one heart. There was so much unity that it was as if they were one. And when Hashem saw that, he said, that is the preparation that convinces me that I can give them my beloved Torah. The greatest source for blessing is unity. Achdut. Shalom. Now, what is shalom? We translate it as peace. But the truth is, we're told, it's not just ordinary peace. It's the bringing together of opposites. God wanted to bring together in a revealed sense, physical and spiritual. That's the goal of creation. That physical and spiritual could live in tandem. One would not outshine the other, as happened at Sinai when God came down on the mountain. Or, when God's presence left, that God's revealed presence would no longer be seen. It should be living physically, Normally, naturally, but with a constant awareness of the light, the truth, an absolute message that everything is constantly being created by God. And therefore, unity was a fitting prelude, a fitting preparation to deserve the giving of the Torah. In addition, our sages tell us that Sinai and everything that happened was like a chuppah, where Hashem took the Jewish nation as his bride. Chosun and Kala, 
that every one of the customs in a Jewish wedding actually can be found at Sinai. Anything we do at a Jewish chuppah, anything that we do at a Jewish wedding was done initially in a spiritual way between God and the Jewish people at Sinai. We are partners. We continue to be husband and wife. What's the most important thing in a marriage? In a marriage, it's unity. But not unity because we're exactly the same. You'll never find a person exactly the same as you. We are opposites. Men are not women. I was not raised in the home that he was raised in. And he was not raised in my home. As much as we might try to think alike, we are different. Men, women from two different homes. And a man thinks, feels, behaves differently than a woman. But we have two distinct roles. And in our roles, we complete one another. So too is it with Hashem. The most important thing is that we try to be unified, loyal to our spouse. We have to take care of our primary relationships in order to have other healthy relationships. We can't be all over the place. We have to be a good wife to the Creator. He's privileged us with this incredible, incredible invitation to partner with Him. We've got to focus on our primary relationship. But we don't see God. How are we going to make sure that our relationship with Him is good? The Torah tells us, What is hateful unto your friend, do not do. What is hateful to yourself, do not do to your friend. Love your fellow as yourself. It's a tall order. You've got to know yourself. What makes me feel good? That's what you do to your friend. What makes me very upset? Never do that. The words I like to hear, I must voice to the other. The words that cut me down, I must eliminate. I must bite my tongue. My father, Allah used to tell me, you know why God put teeth and lips in front of a tongue. And then he would say, breathe. Think ten times before you say something. You won't regret it. It's an amazing, amazing thing that the answer is right here. And the answer is in the story of the giving of the Torah. And the people encamped as one man with one heart. And that made God say, I will give them my Torah. We need to learn from this incredible, momentous event. And not only that, but we need to live with Sinai every single day. There are six things we are meant to remember on a regular basis every day, and one of them is the day that God gave us the Torah at Sinai. Torah is the heart. Torah is the pulse. Torah is what gives definition to everything and everyone, every event, every person, every object. And our incredible mandate, love your fellow as yourself. What is hateful unto you, do not do to your fellow. The rest is commentary. Go and study.
And as the Lubavitcher Rebbe told the CNN reporter just weeks, two weeks before the Rebbe had the stroke that made him silent, and that reporter asked the Rebbe, what is your message to the world about the Mashiach? And the Rebbe said, an increase in goodness and kindness, and the Mashiach would come immediately. But not just any goodness and kindness. It's Torah goodness and kindness. Being kind to someone, obviously. Feed the hungry, clothe the naked. Have compassion on the widow and the orphan. Compassion, which means to feel for another, and action, to do something about it. But in addition to that, to also care about their mind, their heart, and above all, their soul, their mission in this world. And to apply this immediately in our relationships. That's the greatest practice ground, the greatest place to actually bring Hashem the tremendous nachas he so richly deserves. So I'd like to share with you two of my favorite marriage stories, as it were. And the one is, there was a young man who was going to get married, so he came to visit the Rebbe to ask for a bracha, a blessing. And in passing, he mentioned that he was a a clarinetist, And he planned to play at his own wedding and entertain the guests. And then he said, the Rebbe said, no, I would suggest you don't do the entertaining at your own wedding because your wedding is like a personal Yom Kippur. He he said, at my wedding, shared the Rebbe, I wanted to spend time with each of the distinguished guests, and there were so many great rabbis, etc., But my father-in-law, the previous rabbi, discouraged this, telling me it wasn't the appropriate time. We have to understand that a wedding is a preparation for something life-changing. And at every stage, we have to be appropriate. What is the wedding? The time to elevate the bride and groom, not to entertain the guests. The bride and the groom need tremendous amount of elevation and entertainment and upliftment because a relationship between a man and a wife is so important and central that everything in creation depends on it. It's all about the unity. It's all about bringing heaven and earth together. It's all about going beyond yourself. At this wedding, he wanted to play. It's not what we want to do or what we can do. It's what we should do. At a given time, what we need to say, what we need to build, not what we feel like doing, but the right thing to do. That's called leading like a person. Lead with your head. Your heart might want one thing, but your head must take everything into consideration, certainly take 
others into consideration and your own influence, your own position at the time. In our time, so many people are having difficulty committing to marriage. Things have changed. Once upon a time, man meets woman. Three months later, they're married. And once in a private audience, the Rebbe got the feeling that a certain man was having trouble making commitments. He asked him. The Rebbe said to him, why aren't you married yet? And the young man replied, I don't feel I'm ready for marriage yet. And the Rebbe said, getting married is like learning to swim. You'll never learn to swim by reading about it in a book. You have to jump into the water. People are wasting their time, postponing. Some things in life you can only learn by doing. And the world is waiting. Sinai was a marriage between Hashem and the Jewish nation at the exact moment. That's when it happened. We mustn't postpone anything that comes our way if God brought it to, brought it to us. And it's a good thing. We must live with it, make it grow, nurture it. And the Torah is there to guide us at all times. Please, God, we'll all be in shul tomorrow to hear the Aseret Hadibrot. May they uplift us and bring us all of the inspiration that we need to come to the next momentous occasion. There was creation, there was revelation, and soon there will be the era of Mashiach. Good Shabbos.